Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Last Minute Continue cast with myself, John Turbo Finley, flying solo for the month of January 2020. Yes, it is 2020 now, here for the Last Minute Continue cast on lastminutecontinue.com, as well as on iTunes and many other listening ventures that you can listen to this podcast of course, like I said, I am John Turbo Finley, flying solo. Uh, I have no guests with me. None of the other members of the LMC crew is with me this week, sadly. So uh, you're just going to be hearing me talking about all the things that I've been up to this past month as we have started this new year with quite the bang, shall we say. It's It's been, you know, bangish, <laughs> if that's even a word. Um yeah, so we're gonna just going to get right through it. Uh, we've got plenty to talk about. I've been watching a lot of movies this past month. Uh, not much in the way of games that's actually been played uh, this month, but I do have one uh, that I have deviled into, and I'll give my thoughts in that uh, a little bit, as well as uh, checking, uh, talking about various other things as well. And we'll get right into it right now. So with... Um, this month, I have been watching quite a bit in terms of film media. Uh, I re- re-subbed to Netflix and have been, uh, you know, watching through a couple of things. I know a lot of people are probably wondering, Oh, have you wa- watched The Witcher yet? Have you seen it? Have you seen it? Have you seen it? And it's like, I haven't gotten around to it yet. I've got so much other stuff on Netflix that I would love to, um, you know, get through. That's piqued my interest beforehand. Uh, so we're going to be talking about those first. Uh, m- will I get through The Witcher next week, uh, next month? Who knows? I don't know. Uh, we'll f- we'll find out. You know, you just have to tune in and subscribe to the podcast. Um, you know, going forward to see if I do actually talk about The Witcher uh, in a future cast. Um, as for this month, I actually got around to watching a couple of movies that are on Netflix that I wanted to give a shot. Um, they were. Uh, the Book of Life, uh, which is kind of like the the kind of like competing movie to Coco, Disney's Coco, or is that Disney Pixar? I can't remember if it's Disney Pixar or just Disney. I think it was Disney Pixar, but um, no, The Book of Life. I I only heard about that because I, I saw a video on YouTube talking about it and saying how it was like a better version of Coco. And a lot of people have high regards for Coco, so I was kind of like, okay, well, it's on Netflix, and you know, I'll get around to watching Coco sometime down around, down the line because I do like my Disney slash Disney Pixar kind of like uh, movies uh, from time to time. Just depends on what the mood I'm in for and whatnot. Uh, like for example, I haven't watched uh, Frozen two. I only watched Frozen on a whim. In fact, actually, I was watching Frozen. Uh, on the plane to Japan back in 20, I think it was like 2014, uh, 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 oh, yeah, 14, was it 14? It's 14 or 15, I can't, 2014 or 15, I can't remember, um, I think it's 14, uh, anyway, but uh, yeah, I was watching Frozen on the plane ride to uh, Japan, that's how I watched Frozen, but I'm not gonna go to the cinema and watch Frozen 2, no, 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 it's like, it's like, I'm not gonna, put my put myself through that uh, you know trouble but um with uh book for life i thought i'd give it a shot it's interesting it's uh it does have quite a bit of 
you know, it, it has a bit of charm to it. I can definitely say that. And it has, um, you know, obviously it talks about like, uh, you know, the, the, the Mexican holiday of the uh, day of the dead, um, which, uh, obviously celebrates, you know, remembering the, you know, people who've passed and whatnot. And it is a proper holiday, um, that's, uh, well celebrated and it's been celebrated in many different forms. And, um, most no, no, most notably with myself, um, in the wor- in the gaming world, uh, the biggest, uh, inf- uh, you know, kind of like relation to the Day of the Dead was that of the game Grim Fandango, which, you know, if you've been watching my Turbo Drive Live Let's Plays uh, on the Last Minute Continue YouTube channel, you would have seen that I'm a big fan of the game and I've played for it on there. So, you know, you can go check it out. But, um, for the Book of Life, it's actually not bad. Um, I I do recall a couple. I I can't remember who exactly was casted into the film, but there was a couple of f- familiar voices during it. It's an animation film, obviously, um, and it's it's kind of like a story set in a story. So like um, so it sets up this uh, scene where there's a bunch of you know rambunctious kids coming. Uh, you know that's part of kind of like a. Uh, a detention kind of like <laughs> kind of like bus that's gone to this uh, kind of like museum and then uh, at this museum there's uh, you know a cu- cu- like a tour guide style character uh, well two of them actually what one's an old guy and the other's a, a pretty young lady and whatnot <clears throat> and uh, with um, the movie it's like like it's the tour guide the, the pretty lady tour guide uh, or courier of this museum or whatever, uh, she is telling the story of the book of book of life, um, whatnot uh, to these kids. And of course, we then go into the uh, the story uh, where it's these puppets and whatnot that are representing representing the characters for the story that's being told and whatnot. And it's it's quite cool uh, how it's how that and it kind of like go back and forth between. The you know the scene with the kids and uh, the scene with the the puppets and whatnot being in the actual you know drama because there's a bit of drama here and there because uh, the story is all about like um, uh, two two you know male characters who want to win the affections of this female character uh, they start off as kids and then they grow up into adults one uh, one's a bullfighter the other is a, a war uh, you know a soldier and whatnot. Um, and it eventually delves into the whole, uh, but it has a deeper kind of like plot where um, what was it the uh, the gods are, that ruled the kind of like uh, uh, the land of the remembered and the land of the forgotten and stuff like that. They wager, uh, they have a wager to you know decide you know who controls both worlds or who controls the others other world, um, and. Uh, Basically, just you know, shenanigans happen, obviously, because they try to they try to well the 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 god that rules the uh, land of the forgotten uh, obviously try tries to be devious and uh, you know try to you know win the bet by cheating and stuff like that, and he gets sought out. He gets found out about it, and um, yeah, it's um, it, it's actually a very decent movie. It's like it's got a bit of uh, you know uh, you know. Good, a good bit of uh, it's it's what it's like one of those movies back like kids movies back in the uh, like 80s 
uh, like eighties, it's early nineties. It, you know, it's like um, that where there's actual kind of like uh, threat and drama at points. You know, kind of like a good, kind of like um, you know, the old school uh, Disney films, like Disney's Lion King. Like that's the first one I can easily kind of like kind of like talk about where there's death in it and stuff like that. And um, yeah, I actually enjoyed it. I'm 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 kind of disappointed that it's not well it's not as well remembered as Coco, because Coco obviously it's Disney you know whilst with uh, Book of Life I think that was DreamWorks I'm not 100 sure but uh, it seems like a DreamWorks film I think but uh, regardless it's still I I'd say if you got Netflix give it a watch just give it a watch quick watch it's like like about. You know, it's normal feature-length kind of, like, uh, venture. So, I'd say give it a watch. You know, it's worth it. The other movie that I have been watching on Netflix was that of a movie time film, uh, being that of Nino Kuni. Uh, I didn't even know that uh, there was a Nino Kuni uh, f- animation fil- uh, animated film up on Netflix. Uh, I only just noticed uh, it... Um, when browsing through the animation section, because I have been watching a lot more animations on there, which I'll get into in a bit. But uh, no, the one that uh, I got to see was Neo Kuni, and uh, I was, and this was also tied into another like uh, animation that uh, was. It was done by the same guys who did. Um, Mary and the Witch's Flower, which I saw in theaters a while back, and I've got the Blu-ray. I haven't rewatched it in a while, actually. But that's uh, that was a studio. It was like Team uh, Team Pum- po- Poco, I think they are called, which is uh, a bunch of ex Ghibli film uh, film animators and directors who have gone off, separated themselves from Studio Ghibli, and made their own studio and have created their own works. Uh, they did Mary and the Witch's Flower. And they did a uh, kind of like a uh, a series of three animation shorts for Netflix under the sky uh, under the subtitle of uh, modern. Uh, I think I think they called it Modern Heroes or something like that, uh, or Modest Heroes. I can't remember exactly, but uh, it was like free free animation stu- uh, like free animation, um, you know, shorts that was part of there, uh, which is they're nice. Uh, they're nice little kind of like. Um, uh shorts one is involving uh a bunch of kind of like uh you know the borrowers kind of like style characters uh where they can actually breathe uh, breathe underwater which is a bit weird um so they have like uh you know there's two kids off that kind of like thing and they have an adventure trying to find their dad and stuff like that uh the other one is a um a story of a kid who is allergic to eggs, I think it is, um, and uh, the you know the kind of like uh, the problems of dealing with uh, you know an allergen that could potentially kill um, you know potentially could kill you and whatnot, and uh, the threats that can and there, it does actually show that in the animation style um, at one point during that short, um, and the last one was that of a of a man who apparently is invisible to everyone um and i thought i thought it would be like hollow man kind of like that or the invisible man 
uh, kind of like a horror of uh, well, I wouldn't say horror, but it's like some uh, some somewhere in the lines of it. But uh, no, there that that there that's a really good series of shorts to see and watch uh, on Netflix. But going back to Nino Kuni, Nino Kuni, the movie uh, that's up on Netflix, um, it's obviously based on the series of games, but it is its own original uh, like story as well. Uh, separate to any of the game plots, but it has I think it has the basic plot of the games, where um, there's uh, in this in the movie Nino Kuni, it it revolves around uh, these two characters who are friends. One is a well-established uh, kind of like you know um, uh, sports you know kid in school obviously he's big in sports and the other one's in a wheelchair so obviously wheelchair is very smart uh, the wheelchair character is very smart he's you know but of course you know uh and he he's friends with the sports kid and they uh what was it the sports kid is in a relationship with a girl who the kid uh in the wheelchair is also ha- who also has feelings for so it's kind of like obviously awkward, yeah, you know, to to a certain degree. But there's a moment in, it, but as the movie progresses, there's a moment where the girl is attacked by this, um, this uh, you know, demon esque kind of like character as such. She gets stabbed in the stomach, and um, this entice uh, this obviously entices both the the male protagonists to try to save her but in doing so they get uh, when they're trying to save her and try to uh, rescue her and whatnot um they get teleported they get transported to another world which is another world of uh, kind of like magic uh and whatnot and that's when the story begins where they're in this world and then the kid um the character um one of the main characters who is in the wheelchair can suddenly walk in this magic world. He can actually walk freely on his two legs uh, in that world. So it's kind of weird. But um, yeah, the problem with that movie, though, is that it doesn't stick to just staying in the fantasy world. It actually flips between the two worlds. They go back and forth. And the the conflicts between the two characters uh, eventually kind of like... uh, kind of like talk uh, has them kind of like uh, going at each other for the sake of this uh, girl uh, and i'm not talking about uh, the girl in the real world it's the girl in the fantasy world because uh this is it also it's also the kind of like plot uh it, i think it's also the plot in the games as well uh, i think i think that was the case in the first film i think uh, not the first film the first game uh of nino kuni uh where what happens in the real world can actually reflect what's happening in the fantasy world. Uh, because when the girl character gets stabbed in the real world, uh, it's also happened to the, uh, the princess in the fantasy world where it's exactly, she looks exactly like the same character in the real world. And, uh, so they kind of like get it in their heads, obviously. All right. If something happens in the real world, this happens in the fantasy world. And they also connected the dots with uh, several other characters who also get um, uh, killed off in the fantasy world, but also get killed off in the real world um, through various mis- mysterious uh, circumstances. And 
it's it there's it can be a bit jarring at time when you're kind of like when the characters are going back and forth between the two worlds and you see certain issues happening in the real world that would be fantasy and then they get transported to the fantasy world and it's 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 very it's very muddled shall we say it's it, how i would have thought they would have done it would be for them to to uh, just stay in the fantasy world and just have all the kind of like stuff happen in the fantasy world until the final act and then they head head on home and everything's hunky-dory and whatnot but uh no that's not how they wanted to do the movie they wanted the the characters to go back and forth between the real world and the fantasy world and them questioning whether or not what happened in the fantasy world actually happened but we kind of know what happened uh, like like the the character who usually who is in the wheelchair in the real world kind of got the idea of what that you know what uh, what is actually happening between the real world and that fantasy world but um but overall even though I, that kind of like threw me off a bit i still actually enjoyed the film so yeah if you want to give it a shot go check it out it's up on netflix um nino kuni the uh, the movie animation movie whatever you uh, it's called on netflix you can find it on netflix it's uh, i think it's like an hour and 40 minutes or so or hour and six uh, aye, hour and 40 minutes usually feature length uh, kind of like runtime um and it's obviously advertised uh, advertised as a level five uh film so yeah because it has the same kind of like style uh, art style as studio ghibli but it's not studio ghibli that's part of the film uh part of the animation for some reason it's it's under level five so i'm guessing level five has some animators who were part of studio ghibli at one point and they're now working exclusively with level five guess so but um anyway those are the movies that i've uh, well those are the movies that i've been watching on netflix the one movie that i actually went to the theaters to see and this is quite um late in the month so it's quite fresh in my mind is that of a documentary on one of my favorite films of all time and that is uh cleaning up the town it's a ghostbusters documentary that has uh, been work been in the works for over for about 12 years just over 12 years or or over 12 years um it was making its rounds up the the country uh the whole of this month the whole of january so it started down in london all the way up to you know uh, up here in Scotland and whatnot. And I had a chance to go and watch it myself. And who, if you're a big fan of Ghostbusters and you like the kind of like finding, you know, going behind the scenes and how how all how how was the production of the film and you know what 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 they did for like special effects and stuff like that for the film, I would go and watch this. This is a real really awesome love letter to fans who are. In fully invested in the production of the movie and love the movie itself and various things and that's why that's why i've been loving a lot recently it's just my love of seeing these movies that go behind the scenes essentially uh to things that it was the same case with now granted uh with features like um uh what was it bohemian rhapsody and um 
what was it? Uh, the Disaster Artist. Those kind of like films, uh, they, those were like cinematic um, documentaries, essentially, where they, it's like they take they take real life events and dramatize them a bit more. Like, you know, proper thing. Whilst this is an actual documentary. I also like proper documentaries and this was one of them. Uh, Cleaning Up the Town is a really, really good documentary and I posted up on Twitter talking about it. And uh, what was even better is that after the showing of the of the documentary, the uh, director and and uh, the producer, who is a brother and sister team, uh, the uh, 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 what was it Anthony and Claire uh, uh, Bueno, I think it's Bueno or or Beno. Oh, I can't remember. I can't remember how to pronounce their last name. But um, but yeah, and uh, Anthony and Claire. They were there um, taking questions uh, because they were promoting this documentary. And trust, like, these are two, you know, um, two people who had a real dedication for this project. Like, they spent 12 years working on this. Like, someone like, um, uh, say, 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 like, uh, someone like uh, James Rolfe who he was working on the angry video game nerd for a, for the longest time he I, I, and i think that one took oh, i can't remember um i think that one took about like 6 or 7 years maybe a little bit more uh, it didn't take him 10 years to make the angry video game nerd uh, movie but um but no he took a while to get that one off the ground anthony and claire though uh these guys took like 12 years to get this done and it goes to show how much love they have for the movie the uh the you know the the kind of like actors the directors uh, the director the producers the uh the special effects team all the kind of uh, all the kind of like team members that they could get a chance to interview and whatnot they really put their time and effort into it and i absolutely loved it i loved all the little details that were being talked about during that film, uh, talking about the locations, talking about the special effects, how, how you know, how they did this and that in, uh, in the film. And this is just the first film. They originally wanted to do both films uh, and maybe even go into more details about other things uh, revolving around the Ghostbusters uh, franchise as a whole. And I would have loved to have seen that because I would have loved if they had any kind of like input talking about or like talk to people who were working on the animation series back in the day or even the video games but they had like subtle nods to the video game or like at least like the original video game like the uh, nes super nintendo atari kind of like uh, video game uh, uh back in the day uh they had like a, a little they have um the the kind of like transitions from uh, interview to interview like they had like animations for uh, certain stories that were talked about um uh, like when you know actors or producers or like uh, visual effects people who were talking talking about stories they had little kind of like animations uh during it which was very very nice it was cute or i wouldn't say cute but like um it was cool to see them kind of like reenacted in an animation style um the uh the i mean the opening titles was awesome enough i mean the the opening uh the opening to the documentary has a shot of the containment grid of the uh ghost you know for the for the 
Ghostbusters, um, like the where you house all the kind of like uh, ghosts and whatnot. And it's just it, they actually used the proper prop off the um, off the containment grid box and the lights and whatnot. And uh, that's my phone going off. Sorry about that. Um, what was it? Uh, they got a hold of those kind of like prop props and whatnot. And you know, just like had a chance to just have you know an awesome time finding it. You know, just like. Not only uh, talking to these people, but also getting a hold of these props. I mean, granted, uh, uh, what was it? I I don't I can't remember if they actually got a chance to uh, find the original Ecto One uh, during their kind of like uh, you know travels to meet these people and whatnot. But um, but to see like you know the various kind of like casts of like. Um, uh, the goat, uh, certain ghosts like Slimer, for example. Slimer's uh, Slimer went through a, a variety of different kind of like designs, and there's ve- several cast uh, like casts of uh, go- uh, Slimer, uh, as well as other kind of like things. Um, you know, like the uh, the gargoyle gargoyle style dogs uh, of Gozer, you know, of Gozer, you know, Gozer's minions, so like uh, Zul and uh, 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 Vince Clorfo. And whatnot, um, but yeah, it was just <sighs> like I said in my tweet. I was agreeing with Ollie Davis, um, not Ollie Davis, uh, Luke Owen. Sorry, <laughs> Luke Owen of uh, Wrestle Talk and Screen uh, Screen Stalker, uh, who went to see the documentary uh, before I did, and he tweeted out that he made him love the original movie all over again is exactly what he says it may it makes you love the original movie all over again and the best thing about my screening for that documentary is that immediately after or well granted immediately after was a q a with uh you know uh, anthony and claire but um which i got a chance to pose a question to which was kind of cool um i won't I won't say what the question was, so you know, just uh, leave leave that be. Or you can well, actually, I think I talked about it on Twitter, so you can follow me on Twitter to follow my Twitter to see if uh, what I actually asked them. Um, but um, the 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 best thing about that screening was direct uh, after the documentary, they screened the movie of Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters eighty four, eighty four, and um, I was like, this is the first time. I actually watched Ghostbusters on the big screen. All the times beforehand, I was always watching it on TV. On the TV, it was always... The problem with TV broadcasts of a film like Ghostbusters is that the Ghostbusters was always in widescreen. It was always... um, You know, it would always have to pan the camera shot. Like, like uh, pan the scene. Uh to certain points uh of interest essentially to you know try to try to make it a little easier to kind of like follow and whatnot while it's on widescreen if you're watching it on the theater you're seeing the whole scene the camera's not panning back and forth between like characters and whatnot and um that's just awesome i mean granted obviously in today's day and age we have better screens for whatnot but back in the day when i was watching this on the tv like on itv and stuff like that I had to deal with that crap, but seeing it on the big screen as is intended in a theater, 
I just loved it. And I was quoting the bloody thing throughout. It was a, like, although granted, I wasn't quoting, quoting. I wasn't like quoting out loud. I was just mouthing the lines uh, to myself under my breath and trying to be as quiet as possible because I didn't want anyone, I didn't want to ruin anyone else's enjoyment. I was just, you know, enjoying myself. I was just enjoying, uh, you know, uh, quoting the lines and whatnot. And I, I had a blast. I had a major time uh, rewatching the film again on the big screen. And I, was, I loved every minute of it. So I would highly recommend if you have a chance to watch it, uh, go check it out. Uh, it's uh, the documentary is called uh, Cleaning Up the Town. And uh, it's I think it's just about to finish its run in theaters in the UK. Uh, they're probably going to try to do some like showings in the US and there might be a DVD Blu-ray out in the future as well. So I'm looking forward to, you know, picking that up and seeing uh, any of the extras that's on there because trust me, um, they had to cut down a lot. I'll tell you that much. And uh, I'm sure they've got a lot more th- uh, they wanted to show during their uh, production of that film. And I can't wait to, you know, pick up a DVD copy whenever that may materialize so with um that all said let's uh move on to what i've been what else i've been watching with uh netflix i've been actually watching a couple of animation shows that are up on netflix that i've just uh gone around to watching uh i've been watching uh a show called uh there's an anime now i <sighs> Okay, I have a little gripe with Netflix. Netflix has a tendency of saying, uh, this is a Netflix original anime. And that's not fully true half of the time. Because there's a couple of animes that they have on there that are not complete. Of course, obviously, some of our Sonic fans, um, Sonic fan listeners, obviously notice, uh, recall that Sonic X is up on Netflix. But it's not the entire series. It's only the first two seasons. Uh, it doesn't have the uh, Metarex uh, season up on there. But uh, that's just the tip of the iceberg. There's a couple other animes that they have up on there that are not complete and have actually been licensed out, uh, licensed by other uh, kind of like, you know, like, like uh, from from other places and whatnot. And there's one particular one. There's uh, a series. Now, it's I, I can't remember the Japanese name for it. But the English version that they have up on Netflix, uh, it's called uh, Master Teaser uh, Tagagi-san, uh, I think it is. I think it's called. And it's, basic, it's basically a story about uh, two kids who are friends, but they have sort of they sort of have feelings for each other and whatnot but what but one teases the other too much and and it's the girl teasing the guy um and the guy doesn't like that and he tries to one up her every so often but it fails it blows up in his face and whatnot now i originally watched that there's a series like there's a season of this on crunchyroll and I've watched that series, and I've watched the, and it's subbed on Crunchyroll. I don't think there's a dub version of that series, but the sequel, like the the second series of that uh, of the show, is up on Netflix, and that's both dub and sub. And I'm thinking to myself, eh, this is confusing. So, so, and on Netflix they say it's series one, 
which it isn't. It's the second series. It doesn't make any goddamn sense. And that's what annoys me a lot with the Netflix is that Netflix gets these animation like these animes or animation series. They say it's the they say it's like oh we got the complete series, but they don't. They they don't in some cases, and that was the case for that one. And this is the same case with I think. And this is just me speculating. I, I haven't actually gone into looking up any research for this. But there's another show called Baki on Netflix. Now, they I've, they have two parts. Now, it says two parts. I thought it was like an, an OVA series. Like, um, like yeah, it's like featuring... It's kind of like anime feature length shows, essentially. So it's like... Um, you know, that's what an OVA or an original video anime uh, is all about. It's like a kind of pseudo feature length episode, essentially, of an anime. But that's what I thought when I was looking it up on Netflix, where or like just saw it on a glance because it had part one, part two. And it's like, oh, okay, then. So it's like part one of the OVA, then they have a part two, and we'll see what it is. No, it's. A t- it's like a 24 episode series for both parts like it's seasons they just call them parts for some reason and i don't understand it but what's worse is that the part one is part of an a story arc that has taken place after another story arc that is not on a, a no not on netflix i don't know if it's up on anywhere else but apparently there's a massive storyline that involves, you know, the main character, Baki. Um, that involves him being in a in an underground fighting tournament. And that's not on Netflix. That's not part of the that's not part of the you know series that's on Netflix. And it talk and this is what pisses me off. They advertise it as an original uh, or like Netflix original anime series. And it's not because apparently there's another series of that anime somewhere else on the internet or somewhere it's somewhere. I don't know where it is, but it's not on Netflix. And there's a huge story gap. There's all this character development with all these characters. And I'm trying to understand it. Now, granted, the series, the the starting series that is on on Netflix, uh, it has, uh, it tries to describe or like, tries to tell you who these characters are with a narrator telling them who they are and whatnot but i feel as though i'm missing things i I, i'm missing the events of what happened at because they referenced this tournament that happened uh with these characters with some of these characters and they have flashbacks of these characters uh and this tournament stuff like that but i you know i would rather watch that actual arc (laughs) it's like The best example I can say is um, if you were wa- if Dragon Ball Z was uh, actually this is a good this is a perfect point uh, if you were watching Dragon Ball Z and they were talking about a fighting tournament that happened in Dragon Ball but Dragon Ball hasn't been localized or it hasn't been released or whatever you're probably wondering what the f- what the hell happened there <laughs> it's like all these characters they're talking about events that happened. In this other series that hasn't been released or or subtitled or whatever, and we have no understanding on it, and that is essentially what is the case with Baki. Um, but 
besides my nitpicking on Netflix and their kind of like structure and, uh, and their practices and whatnot, what is this show called Baki? Uh, Baki it revolves around the titular character, Baki, who is possibly one of the strongest fighters in Japan. And uh, he just basically fights people that challenge him at times. Essentially, that's it. And it's ultra-violent. Uh, I, I wouldn't... I wouldn't say ultra-violent. It's it, it's nowhere near the levels of, like, um, so, shall we say, Fist of the North Star-esque? Probably not in that kind of, like, way. But it's close to it. Because there's a lot of bloodshed, I'll tell you that much. There's way, way, a lot of bloodshed. But there's also a lot of adult themes uh, in involved with it as well. Um, but... It's, I wouldn't say it's a bad show. It's, it's okay. But because of the aforementioned confusion of the story and, and wouldn't you know it, the, the titular character, Baki, he's not in it that much in, in the, in the two series, uh, two seasons that they have on Netflix. He has some interaction with the with the ongoing plot in these two series, which I'm not gonna get into too much depth into. But frankly, if you have an anime that ta- that has your titular character in the title of your anime, you bloody well use him. If not, it defeats the whole purpose of the of the show's name because the show's name, you know, is lying to you. Saying that you know it's uh, it it revolves around this titular character, it's not really, not in, not on the series that I was watching on Netflix. So there's aspects, and there's certain episodes that do focus on the titular character, but it's not all focused on them. It's usually focused on these other characters, these other characters that get introduced into, uh, and also characters are introduced in this these uh, two series uh, that are up on Netflix. And I can't really recommend it that well. Um, no, I can't. I can't. It's a shame. It could. It could have been better. But I do have another series that I was watching that I'm actually uh, very commend- commending off, and that uh, that is off the Carmen Sandiego animation series that is up on Netflix, and that actually like the the Shira animation series that's up on Netflix where they actually have a full-on kind of like series, you know, plot to it. Um, and I've watched uh, season three of Shira, and oh boy, you know, they, they, they are, I hate, I hate it when the cliffhanger, uh, they have a cliffhanger at the end of the series and whatnot. And I don't know if there is a series four on the way. I'm going to say there is, but Really, it's very bad for them to do that. But uh, it's the same with um, uh, Carmen Sandiego, where they've changed it up, where Carmen Sandiego is this thief that steals from the rich and you know, and gives back to the poor. So, so basically the modern-day version of Robin Hood, essentially, um, this time around. Whereas in the previous incarnations of, uh, of uh, Carmen Sandiego, she was just a straight-up thief. You know, and uh, the... The medias that uh, had the character in it were tr- was basically two like uh, two characters. Uh, I I remember in the old school nineties 
I think it was the 90s animation series where it was like two kids fight, trying to find San, you know, Carmen San Diego and stop her from stealing things and whatnot. And she was the bad guy uh, in that series. Um, but uh, and I think that was called Where Where on Earth is Carmen San Diego? Not Where in the World is Carmen San Diego? Where in the World is Carmen San Diego? Was uh, not only the general series of uh, or like the general franchise. But also the like the video game series as well as the uh, I think there was a, like a game show uh, that was Where in the World is Carmen San Diego, which had a very cool tune uh, like a cappella uh, theme tune too, which was kind of cool back in the day. But uh, regardless, uh, the what the series Carmen San Diego on Netflix, it's a really good show. Uh, it's like. You know, it's it it's nice to kind of like reinvent the character of Carmen San Diego and focus on her this time around. Like focus on her as a pseudo anti-hero. She's not fully anti-hero because she does she she realizes what she's been doing. Like um, in the story, in the start off of the story, she's been trained to be a thief and whatnot. But then she finds out that being a thief is wrong. Like she's stealing from, pl- uh, like uh, the the school that she's part of, which is part of an organization that uh, that you know steals many things from various other places and whatnot. She's just not. Uh, she finds out that that is obviously a, a bad thing, and she's now trying to rectify uh, her mistake for and and try to take everything back from this organization that she's been you know falsely put into and whatnot. Um, and then the story gets really deep, um, with her, like her history and the history that she has with the, the, uh, the, the, you know, kind of like the headmasters of, uh, the organization that she was a part of and what her relationships between those, uh, with those characters and, you know, the backstory for her story, because she was, uh, you know, when you first start off with the series, she's an orphan, but then you get to learn more about her and learn about her past. And then you also learn about the side characters that Carmen Sadiego is with and whatnot. Um, yeah, so I really love that series. I just finished it up. Uh, and I don't know if there's a season three going on, but uh, or in production, but I would love to see a continuation of the series because they, again, just like uh, in, uh, what was it, Shira. They left it on a cliffhanger, and I would really like to see a conclusion to Carmen Sandiego's story in this series here. So, you know, I mean, it took us, <clears throat> what was it? It took us, like, what? Um, I'm trying to think. What was it? Over Just over 10 years? Or, or over 10 years for us to get Samurai Jack to have a, a, conclu- a conclusion to that series? So, please don't leave it too long, guys. <laughs> And now let's talk about what we've actually been playing uh, this month, or what I've been playing this month, uh, because I am on my own. Um, this month, I've only been playing one new game, uh, and that is that of... Uh, it's from the Xbox Game Pass, and it is that of um, a game that came out quite a while ago, but it's uh, it's got to have a physical release, I think, at the end of this month or into next or going into next month. It's the game uh, Blair Witch, the Bla- the new Blair Witch game that came out last year uh, through digital platforms, and I gave it a shot, and mm, 
it's okay. It's borderline okay. It's like it's it it had a bit of issues, like in terms of like understanding certain mechanics and stuff like that, like the combat, because there's apparently combat in the game, which is a bit odd and awkward and whatnot. It's trying to be. I think it's trying to be a bit like Alan Wake-ish, kind of. But it's also trying to be like Slenderman. So it's like Alan Wake meets Slenderman kind of thing. Yeah, and it's not the best kind of a combination, I think, to a certain degree. Um, yeah, I, I, the, the one thing that is cute about it is that you have a dog. And you can pet the dog, <laughs> which I think that uh, I think there's that uh, Twitter account online, which asks the question, "Can you pet the dog?" And I don't know if they've done that for Blair Witch, but yes, you can pet the dog. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, I'm sure it's up on that uh, that Twitter account. I'm sure they've focused on it. But uh, yeah, I mean, now I have actually I have seen it being part of. Uh, a worst video games of 2019 list. I wouldn't say it's the absolute worst. I've played worse um, games, but I've I'm definitely I can definitely understand. I can definitely see how people just don't in uh, ha have not enjoyed it uh, because it is a horror game. It's a bit. It has a bit of a clunky uh, clunkiness to it, essentially. And from what I've heard from sport uh, now, granted, I haven't completed the game myself, but uh, I have heard about certain spoilers for the game. So, eh, so I'm probably not going to be playing the rest of it anymore anytime soon. But um, yeah, I can understand how people have not been too much of a big fan of it at all. So, ah, uh, well, you know, it's it's a it's a thing. So. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be playing it any time. Um, probably won't play it again. I don't think it's. Uh, it's definitely a pass. I think it's. It's nice as an experiment. Uh, it was available on game on Xbox Game Pass. So, eh, nice little kind of like freebie, I suppose. And um, the only other thing that I can talk about this month was that of uh, me playing through a mod. Uh, on PC, uh, that is, uh, I just recently did. It was a Resident Evil mod, uh, Resident Evil Remastered mod, in fact. It's uh, the Resident Evil re uh, Randomizer that uh, has been go going around for the last year or so. Uh, and um, I, I had a good, had, a <laughs> had an enjoyable and stressful time playing that. Um, it'll probably be hitting up on the YouTube channel sometime down the line. Uh, just, just a case of, uh, you know, uh, finding some highlights from that stream and, uh, putting it up on the YouTube channel and, uh, see, see how my run went, uh, on that live stream where, uh, many of the last minute continue faithful were there to witness live and in person. And, uh, they had quite the fun time and, uh, I'm sure Kevin would have loved to revisit it again. I'm sure you will. And uh, hopefully you guys will get to revisit it too if you go onto the, well, if you subscribe to the YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash last minute continue and uh, be on the lookout for it when it comes around. 
other than that, I don't think I've played anything else. I can't re recall anything else that I have been playing uh, that has been new this month. But uh, yeah, um, we'll just uh, have to leave it at that. So that is us for this month of uh, this month's uh, last minute cat uh, or last minute continue cast or LMC cast uh, for the month of January 2020. Um, hope you enjoyed yourselves and uh, hope you, uh, you've taken a lot from this and uh, you know thought about uh, the suggestions and what I've, what I've talked about this month. Don't worry, I will try to get uh, more of the Last Minute Continue crew to join me for next month, for the month of February, uh, the month of love, because of course we've got plenty going on next month. Oh yes, we've got something big next month and I'm sure you'll probably want to hear what we have to say so be sure to tune in and subscribe uh on the podcast feed to keep up the date of when that goes live uh for next month but until then i've been john turbo finley this has been the last minute continue cast for january 2020 hope you have a good time be sure to follow us here on last minute continue lastminutecontinue.com you can check out the website go on to uh, the last minute continue twitter which is at last minute continue as well as checking out the um youtube channel youtube.com forward slash last minute continue as well as uh many other kind of like uh you know outlets that this podcast is available on whether it be itunes or i don't know spotify i don't know if it is on spotify or soundcloud or where wherever you're listening uh this from i hope you're enjoying yourself by all means uh shoot us a message uh, regarding the episode you know uh i might actually open up uh maybe a sort of mailbag if you send any messages our way for the last minute continue cast um uh, yeah if it's like on twitter if you message us uh, with uh, the hashtag lmc cast you know uh, that might perk our interest and, uh, you know, just a at uh, last min continue and hashtag la uh, LMC cast. You know, that would be uh, nice. You know, we might get to, uh, you know, mention it here on the podcast uh, next time. Who knows? It's, it's worth a shot. But anyway, enjoy your uh, enjoy the next month ahead of you and uh, we'll see you next month. I've been John Tobo Finley. Take care. Bye bye.